Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Welcome to this episode of Shoplifting. I'm Liv Siddle and I'm here with a very special guest, Mr. Robert Forster. Hello. Hello, Liv. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. Good. Welcome to Rough Trade East. I suppose you and Rough Trade Records go back a long way. We go back to 1979. Wow. That's the the first time that I stepped into a Rough Trade shop, which was when it was over at Labroke Grove. Yeah. And I walked in there with, with Grant McLennan, the other person in the go-betweens at the time. And uh, we knew a woman there called Judy Crichton who used to work over on that side of town for many years. And uh, um, this was when the shop and the record label were in the one building. Wow. What was it like back then? Do you remember what London was like as well? Yeah, it was grotty. Grotty and tough. And uh, the jam were at number one with Eaton Rifles wow, cool. that week. Um, and it was, there was no good coffee. <laughs> and it was TV, you know, stopped at about 10. <laughs> oh, uh, no. And it was, uh, we'd arrived in winter, so we were cold. Um, but we went and saw a lot of gigs. That was that was probably the best part. There was a lot of bands playing, and, and Grant and I hadn't seen many bands outside of Brisbane bands mm. in Brisbane, so we got to see a lot of uh, English bands mainly. I bet there was loads of good stuff going on around then. There was. It was amazing. Cool. Um, for anyone that doesn't know who Robert Forster is, which I'm, I'm, if you're listening to Rough Trade Radio, I'm sure you probably do, um, but just to give a bit of background information... Robert co-founded the Go-Betweens with the wonderful Grant McLennan back in 1977, I've got you. 78. 78. Yeah. Um, and thank God they did because the music they made is some of the best you can get. And Robert went on to make a bunch of incredible solo material, which you must listen to if you can. Uh, he's also just written a fantastic book called Grant and I, which is about the story of Robert's musical life and his friendship with Grant McLennan before he sadly passed away in 2006. Um, and the book is out now on Omnibus Press. Yep. Great. And I should probably say before we go any further that um, I've been looking forward to this interview because you actually have written my favourite song of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me the title? Yeah, it's called One Two One. Oh, wow. Okay, that's <laughs> fantastic. That's a favourite of mine too. Is it? I'll try and play it tonight. <gasps> oh, my God, You really? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I'm sure it's a song that I do play, so I haven't played it for a while, but I could try. Oh, my goodness. Is there anything you can tell me about that song that I don't know about already that would just make my life even better? Um, it's. Uh, I was living in a town called Regensburg, Regensburg, um, which is in Germany, and so all the, it was cobblestone streets, and it was yeah, it was just a happiness being in a running around a town and being happy. Wow. Yeah. It's just the best. Anyone else who's listening who hasn't listened to that song, please listen because it just. I'll made... try. I'll try and play it today. That would be great. Um, so. Would you mind telling us a little bit about the book in your own words? I'm sure you've done a lot of press about this already, yeah. but just quickly to kind of... Um, the book is a memoir and it is a combination of the story of the go-betweens and also the story of a friendship. And so the 
the friendship and the band intertwine because I started the band um, with my good friend Grant McLennan and uh, I'd known Grant for two and a half years before we started the band. And then the band went for about 12 years and then, then we uh, stopped. Grant and I stopped the band and then we were friends for another 10 years and then we played again for another six years before he passed away. So it's it's not... It differs from um, normal rock books, I, I think, for a start, in that it's not uh, – we don't become superstars at 25. You know, we're not yeah. playing to 100,000 people at the age of 26. There's no gold records. Um, there's no Madison Square Garden concerts. There's no three nights at Albert Hall. Um, it's just um, we're passionate about music, passionate about what we do, and it's the life of those two people with other people joining the band. And, yeah, that's just a lot about um, Grant and I. I think that's something really great about the, the fact that you, well, the fact that you never quite reached to that level because mm. I, I read a really amazing fact. I think it was um, one of your most popular songs. I don't th think it was Spring Rain, but I was really surprised that it only reached about number 70 in the charts or something. Yeah, and it yeah. was a real surprise because I, I wasn't alive then, but I... I always thought it was it was like a huge hit, you know. No, see, this is the thing, Liv. I'm, I talk to people, especially in Australia, you know, um, and they go, you know, well, you had um, some hits in the 80s or you had a hit in the 80s. And I don't like to sound like I'm carping or, or being uh, uh, tough, but I have to tell them, I said, there's no hits, you know. <laughs> if there was, I'd tell you. And... Um, but there aren't any. There, you know, the, there's nothing of ours that's played on any sort of heritage radio anywhere in the world that's yeah. like um, these are the hits of the 80s or this is hit radio or even Australia where, um, you know, where, where the band was based for a while where we come from. You know, when they – there's lots of um, Australian bands who are on the, these big, you know, FM radio sort of things mm. and our songs aren't played there. So – um, not that this causes me any bitterness, but <laughs> if there were hits, they'd be being played on these stations and they're not. So, yeah, it's just something that I have to correct people every it's now and then. It's quite nice. You've kind of remained very underground, whether that's been on purpose or not. But you kind of, yeah, you remain just kind of there rather yeah, than being did. in. Yeah, it did. Um, which now is, um, is I'm really, you know, I'm I'm happy with how things panned out. Cool. And you've just written a book all about it, which yeah. I actually, I'm going to admit, I haven't read. That's okay. But I've got it. Okay. And I can't wait to read it because okay. I'm a big fan. Okay. okay. Um, what's it like to write an autobiography? Is it hard? It's hard because it was my first book. And so you're, tr you're doing two things at the one time. You're trying to tell a story and you're learning how to write a book at the same time. Yeah. So I'd written some music journal journalism. I was a music journalist for about eight years. Uh, and so I'd learned how to write 2,000 words and 1,500 words, which was really good because it, it got me into I could write paragraphs, and, and it, it was sort of trained me up a bit. Um, but the book is 87,000 words, which, which sounds like it's about, you know, eight metres deep, but it's not. <laughs> no, um, it's very normal book size. It's a very normal, which I wanted. Yeah. And, uh, but still, I had to learn just how to structure a book and how to make it interesting and the story grow and evolve and move so you're not bored after 20,000 words, you want to read it to the end. So you, there's certain techniques and things you have to learn how to do, which I, I 
So I had to do that as well as tell the story. Was it quite emotional kind of going back through your whole life and dredging things up and kind of having to look back? And also, how do you remember everything? I can barely remember what I had for lunch today. <laughs> well, uh, what, what I did was I just wrote down the things that I remembered, you know, that are important. And I think... You know, it wasn't like, oh, I had to go on the internet and find out all the stuff about the go-betweens and all this, you know, not that I had any diaries um, for the first about 10 years of the band's life, but I didn't really go back and look at stuff. Mm. I just thought, if I remember it, well, then it must be for a reason. And I had enough of those memories to piece it together and write it. So there's no research. It's just what was, what remained out of um, that was close to my heart, close to my mind, close to my memory, and that's what I wrote down. Have you read it since you wrote it? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I have, and um, I'm really happy with it. You know, I see the hard work in it, um, and I'm just really thrilled with page after page. You know, there's no mistakes, or it's it sort of reads well. So, no, it's good. I put a lot into it. I can tell. Um, one thing that I can't wait to read about is just, I mean, the fact that the kind of the entire um, bedrock of, of the book is about friendship. Yeah. And, and it's not just, you know, one of these sort of rock novels where it's like, then I did this and I did yeah, this. Yeah. It's you actually kind of writing yeah. about friendship. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't think friendship is kind of talked about enough, especially in bands, because you are you are so close. And, and sometimes with a lot of bands, they can fall out or it doesn't really get talked about mm. or it's this kind of romantic friendship, like, you know, mm. in Blur, like, you know, mm. it can be very um, kind of fetishized. But um, right. I was wondering if you could tell me what you think are the, is the key to a, a good a good friendship. I think uh, not trying to dominate the other person. Uh, and I think this is one of the reasons why our friendship worked and that we work together. So, you know, like I'm talking about a friendship that's also a working relationship and that not one of us tried to overtake everything mm. and use the other person as sort of like um, someone who's just going to say yes all the time. Um, so that's important. Um, in terms of friendships themselves, I don't think I'm a great friend. Oh, come on. No, I'm not. I'm... <laughs> I'm uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm sort of a little bit too, I think, uh, two things. I think I'm, I'm self-absorbed and I'm also, I'm not a particularly outgoing person, you know. And, and people can think, oh, you're on stage and, you know, you, you move, you're doing interviews and you're doing all of these things. But it's almost a separate skill to friendship and a private person, you know. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, I, I so I probably talk about it more like, when I said about, you know, with Grant, you know, just not dominating the other person. And I think that's probably true in pr friendships in life. Yeah, I think you so. Know, you know, like you've you've got to treat other people like, I know this sounds easy to say and do, but as equals and and respect the other people and listen to them and not, yeah. you know. And so not always, I think, I think, I believe, I believe, but also just even if you think that, you know, you might, uh, have a better idea, but just sort of sit and listen and take in what other people say. That's very good advice. Um, what was just before we go on to the musical selections you've got mm. today? Mm. What was um, what was Grant like? Um, he was a, uh, a like a real mad mixture. So he was very generous, um, but then with some arrogance. Um, 
he was very otherworldly, like he was someone, like at the end of his life, um, that had no watch, no wallet, no computer, didn't drive. Wow. Uh, and so he was someone who was like, um, like really floating in the world a bit, you know, like not someone you'd have to go, you know, we're doing this tomorrow. (laughs) 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 We're playing a gig tomorrow and, um, you know, like I'm going to come pick you up at four o'clock and he'd always be ready, but he was sort of, um, just very much in his own world, in his own bubble Mm. and, uh, you know, like... Like almost like a cliche of an artist, you know, like not bound to the world to an extent. Um, but at the other time, very considerate, um, very intelligent, very funny, um, very good company. Cool. He sounds great. Mm, mm. I can't wait to read about him in the book. And mm. of course, if you're listening, please get a copy of the book because yeah. if it's about friendship and music and the go-betweens, then you can't really go wrong. Um, I actually found a Spotify playlist that, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh, I'm uh, listening. Oh. Nothing's wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually looking at you. I thought you were looking at me like I've made a mistake. <laughs> no, no. I, it's like I'm anticipating the question. Um, I was listening to... I'll a, look at the floor. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Um, I was listening to a Spotify playlist that you've put together for something. It's like what I'm listening to. Did you actually make that or... Um, I think so. I think there might have, there might have been a list that I, I did of 10 songs. It was like a, a, a playlist that... Oh, yeah. Supposedly made by you that had um, Bob Dylan and Tom, oh, yeah. Yeah, that Tom, been me. Tom Petty, Outcast. No, um, no Tom Petty. No, no Tom Petty. No Tom Petty. <laughs> no, that must have been someone's made it up. Another. <laughs> it could be Robert. There's an actor called Robert Forster, who's uh, he was. No, it was you. There's a picture. Yeah, a picture of you in the picture. <laughs> he was in um, Jackie Brown. That's his his most famous role. Do you know Jackie Brown? No. Uh, by Quentin Tarantino. No, I haven't seen it. All oh, right, he's the. He's probably, oh, I don't know, 15 years older than me. He's a Hollywood actor. Yeah, I Googled you earlier and he came up and I was like, yeah, this is well, the wrong it, man. <laughs> it could be him. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's where I kind of uh, saw some of your musical preferences, whether they're correct or yeah. not. But I knew Bob Dylan was a, a big inspiration yeah. to you anyway. But yes, um, we've asked was. you to pick out some uh, CDs oh, from the okay. shop floor today. So okay. do you want to tell us what you've got on the top there? Uh, X-ray specs. Um, and and if you're, you're going to play this track, right? We will do, yeah, yeah. if you just tell me yeah, why. Yeah, um, Jamfrey Adolescence, and uh, I've been looking at some polystyrene on the computer and, and been listening to her. Um, I can remember when, when uh, Oh Bondage Up Yours came out, and that yeah. was just a, a, a rocket of a single. You know, like, that <laughs> was just an amazing... That was that's one of the most revolutionary songs from that time, you know, because a lot of the other punk stuff, you hear it now, it sort of sounds like, you know, like the Who or the Small Faces, you know, mm. just sort of speed it up and people snarling over it. But but um, Polystyrene had something, I think, very unique, mm. and um, and this song's you know like more like a it's slower and it's more like an anthem. It's a beautiful melody. And um, I think for a couple of years there, she burnt very bright. Did you ever meet her? No. No. I think by the time I was over here, I think she'd... I I know very, very little about her, but I think she went into uh, Buddhism. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, I think she she left. It was very much a punk time for her and a post-punk time. She um, She had a saxophone player called Laura Logic in the band who was fantastic. You know, it's a lot of very... 
very raucous and wild. Yeah. But at the same time, very melodic. You know, I like that combination. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to introduce the track? Hello, I'm Mr. Robert Forster here, and you're listening to X-Ray Specs, Germ-Free Adolescence. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm in at Rough Trade East. My name is Robert Forster. I'm talking to Liv, and we've just heard X-ray specs with germ-free adolescence. And next up on our show is <laughs> Sly and the Family Stone. And I'm, it's off an album. My my daughter has, has reintroduced me to this album um, off There's a Riot Going On. And it's track two, which is very funky, very... So slow and um, can I say stoned? Can I say that on the you radio? You can definitely stay quite yeah, stoned uh, track. 
called Just Like a Baby. I just love this. It's just a lovely, floaty, groovy, funny, sly stone. Are your kids really into music then? Yeah, they are. Cool.
Hey, you've just listened to Robert Forster here. That you've just listened to, just like a baby, um, by Sly and the Family Stone. My cool. n- my next selection. Can I keep going? Yeah, you're just going through. This is great. I, should I stop? No. Uh, this this is a new artist that I've been introduced to. Um, it's a guy called Alex Cameron. He's from Australia. He's great. And he's got a he's a very f- um, good, very good songwriter, and he's got this song called Mongrel that I really, really... It's my song of the moment. I have to listen to it every day. <laughs> and uh, he's just... I don't know. He, I know he's probably been around for one or two years or three years maybe. He was here in a band. I know a little bit of... Very, a speck of information about him that he was, he was in a band earlier on, you know, like some years back. And uh, he's gone solo. And uh, he, this song, Mongrel, is just fantastic. So listen to this. Alex Cameron, Mongrel, of an album called Jumping the Shark.
Okay, that was Alex Cameron with uh, Mungrel and um, Australian young Australian uh, singer-songwriter who is very good. I like him very, very much. There is a lot of good music coming out of Australia there at the are, moment. There yeah. is. There is. It's uh, Gin Cloa. It's got an album yep. out. Um, yeah. Um, and now, and um, Terry, another band called Terry. Oh, right? Terry are great. They're yeah. big rough trade favourite, actually. Oh, Terry. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're, there's a guy in that band called Al Montfort, and Al's the sort of, he's a lovely man. Cool. Um, last album, I, last album is like is is probably the one record of the four that I'm playing the four tracks that um, intersects with with my life. Okay, of the, the the four records, this is the only band I saw live. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, great. We actually not only is this the only band of four. I've I've never seen Alex Cameron play live. I've never seen Sly and the Stam- Family Stone, unfortunately, play live. And I never saw X-ray specs, but I've seen this band, and we're not only have did I see them live, we played with them. Who is on, it? Tell me on, who. On a bill. Okay, <laughs> this is a bill. Okay, how good is this bill? Are you ready for it? Yeah. This is a 1980 bill. Okay, three bands on the bill. You ready? Orange Juice, <gasps> Joseph K, the Go Betweens. Oh my goodness. And so this is Joseph K, and this is them at their most uh, laconic, dry, brilliant. Uh, form and it's called Sorry for Laughing. Um, these guys were very, very good and they were from Edinburgh. Um, they were very much into television yeah. and Richard Hell and the Voidoids and they were um, a very, very good band that existed for a very, very short period of time and that wraps up my show. And Wait, uh, no, it doesn't. You've got to do one more. But oh, yeah. And then... Wait, wait, wait. Could you please introduce the Joseph K track? Sorry for Laughing by Joseph K. Sorry for 
we groove on into town. Charles Atlas, he starts to frown. Cause he's not made like me and you. Just can't do the things we do. You know, it's, it's times like these you have to pay. So sorry to turn on that way. That was Sorry for Laughing by Joseph Kay, um, an Edinburgh band from the late uh, 1970s. Uh, up to I think they broke up in 1981. That's a guess. Fantastic. Yeah, and Thank now you. and now the final track I'd like to play. Yeah, is off by me. Um, <laughs> it's off my last album, Songs to Play. It's side one, track one. It's called Learn to Burn, and uh, I'd like to thank you, Liv, for asking me in here. On I'd like to thank you for just. Doing everything you've done in the last sort of forty years. Well, thank you. Well, well <laughs> especially I, that recent album. That I, was a game changer. I uh, thank you. Well, I'd like to thank thank you for everything you've done in the last twenty four minutes. <laughs> and, Good. And so this is called uh, "Learn to Burn" of songs to play. Uh, I'm in at Rough Trade, uh, East, down near Brick Lane, and I'm on stage here. Oh, oh no, this is probably going to be. Broadcast, isn't it? Like It'll be that? broadcast later. I so. can't can say anything about that. <laughs> so thank you for inviting me in. That's absolutely fine. Thank and, you for coming in. Okay. And um, here it is, Robert Forster, Learn to Burn. Thank you very much.
I'll disappoint you and I'll let you down I'm not the joker, I'm the sheriff of this town And I got some information I'd love to get around I mistook Memphis for a house in Surrey You can miss detail when you're in a hurry A passing smile Well, it makes no sound I open presents before Christmas For my crimes, she's a witness See me good times, no mean bad So Trade Radio. Liam Gallagher, as you were, available in store and online at roughtrade.com. You would keep the secrets in ya. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do, so if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.